You're listening to the Paperback Podcast, the go-to podcast for aspiring and ambitious authors wanting to learn about all the things book writing, publishing, marketing, and more. I'm your host, Pagan Malcolm, and I'm a business coach specializing in helping authors to understand the business side of publishing and create a lifestyle that supports your authorly goals. If you're tired of struggling on your author journey, done with the rules of the industry, and you're ready to do things your way, then stick around because in this space, we are all about taking the unconventional, wildly successful, and fully aligned path to help you achieve success in authorship. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Paperback Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about why discounting your book or undercharging your book or just feeling like you have to convince readers to buy your book is not actually leading to sales. And I especially think this is going to be helpful if you have tried this strategy, if you have attempted to convince people before and you have not seen that lead to sales, or even if it has led to one or two sales, it's not been consistent. It's not been a very sustainable strategy to leverage and to put on autopilot and to get sales regularly moving, right? And so the first thing I want to say in regards to this topic is that if you are doing this action and you are hoping or expecting it to solve the problem of you not selling books and really hoping that it will lead to more books being sold, the thing is that you are solving the wrong problem. And there are at least six other reasons that I will list off in today's episode for why your book is not actually selling that have nothing to do with price, that have nothing to do with you needing to convince people to buy your book. So I want to explain something to you, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna explain two different points before we get into the actual reasons why. So the first thing I want to say is that the right readers never need to be convinced. And it's, it's never about price. It's never that the thing is too expensive. Like the matter of the fact is that people buy based on perceived value and what they want to read. And at the end of the day, your book is actually really valuable in a sense that it is the only one of its kind that exists. Like you might write in a niche, like let's say you write fairy books, right? And there's like dozens of other authors out there who also write fairy books. The thing is that no, none of those other writers are going to write fairy books the way that you write fairy books with your specific scenes and your specific characters and your specific plot points and all of those things. Your unique background and experience and perspective that you bring to the table makes it a one-of-a-kind book that they can only buy similar books of. They cannot buy that exact story. If they are hooked on your characters and your world and the story that you are telling over a series of books, they cannot get that from anyone else, which means that you could charge $20 for it. And at the end of the day, if they really want to buy your book, they're going to pay the $20 because they can't get it anywhere else, right? So when you get really good at creating product awareness around your book, meaning that it's easy to discover, it's easily seen, heard, and known about, and you are able to clearly communicate why people would want to buy the book, what makes it so interesting or so good, that is going to lead to sales. And if you're going out there every day feeling like you need to convince everyone in your path to buy your book, no wonder it feels hard. If you're going out there with the mindset and the lens of, please buy my book because I don't know how else to convince you, no wonder it's not working, right? Let me ask you this. When was the last time that you walked into a bookstore with the mindset of, my only purchasing criteria today is to find the cheapest books in this store and buy them? 
I really highly doubt that's how you go about your purchasing decisions. I can guarantee that if you walk into a bookstore, you're after a book that actually meets your reading desires. That actually seems like something that would be interesting and exciting to you. And that is what you make your purchasing decisions around. It's not about price. Price is usually a secondary thought that comes after you decide that you want something or not. It may factor in if you're on a budget. It may factor in if there's some other thing going on that is limiting your ability to purchase a book. But first and foremost, it's always about, is this something I actually want? It's never about, oh, this is like the cheapest thing in the store, so I'm going to buy that because I'm after a book. Like, does that make sense? So so the first thing I really want to kind of factor in and drill in, like in this episode, is that pricing becomes irrelevant when people are speaking to your reading desires. And that is why it's not about convincing. It's about relationships and service and value in the form of meeting readers where they're at and helping them discover their next favorite read. And so the really interesting psychology that comes into play around this is like when authors don't recognize that part of the sales process, they often jump to their own evidence and experiences behind purchasing decisions to help them inform how they should be pricing their books. So what I tend to observe when authors revert to discounting or undercharging is that they either don't believe that people are willing to pay full price for whatever reason, or they themselves don't value their book to be priced higher. Those are the two things I see most commonly. And what you really need to understand is that you have a specific purchasing behavior, but that doesn't mean the majority of your readers share it, right? So if you are making your pricing decisions from your own purchasing behavior, you are doing a disservice in the sense that you're not looking at things from the standpoint of what is my book actually valued at? Because the truth is that it could be valued at more than what you yourself would pay for a book. And that does not mean that others would not pay that much for a book. So another way that I can explain this is that let's say you don't value books that are priced above $5. Like you would very rarely buy a book priced above $5. That's kind of like where you draw the line it's very possible that you don't price your own books above $5 because you yourself don't pay for books above $5, which means it's really hard for you to see how others could pay for books priced above $5 because you're using your own evidence and your own purchasing behavior to inform what you think people would and wouldn't do, right? And it's also possible that it just doesn't feel good to you because if you wouldn't pay a certain amount for a book, why would you expect others to, right? So it's possible there's a bit of guilt happening there as well. It could also be a situation where you actually want to price higher for your book, but you are in a place of fear and unwavering belief that people simply will not pay the price that you desire for whatever reason, so you discount regularly. That's like your your go-to thing that you revert to doing. So what I will say is that there is strategy to discounting your books and pricing your books, and especially if, you, if you're building up funnels or sales processes. Like there is definitely times when you can discount your book and have it be from a good place and have it be a strategic decision, but you, you really need to factor in mindset and strategy when you're deciding on the main price for your book, like the, the majority price for your book, the one that's going to be there most of the time so that you're not undervaluing your books and undercharging in the process, because that's where it's not going to feel good to actually sell the book. If you are feeling unaligned with the price point, or you feel like you should be earning more for, for the book, or you feel like you, you've priced it way too, too high or like too low, it's just not going to feel good to actually sell that book because you're going to feel resentment or guilt or some kind of negative emotion every time you make a sale. And it's going to not make you feel good, which means you're going to resist actually receiving income around it, right? So that's just my little introduction to explain why this happens, what's kind of going on there in that thought process. And now I want to dive into the actual examples and reasons why people might not be buying that actually have nothing to do with price. 
So the very first reason is that people might literally not be able to find your book online. They may have no idea that it exists and you're not easily discoverable. You have not built a presence or a platform for yourself. You're not easily available, meaning that you have not made yourself accessible with other retailers. You are exclusive to one retailer and that means that a whole chunk of people are not able to purchase the book because they are not with that retailer or they cannot access that retailer. Point is, you need a visibility strategy. You need to make yourself accessible and discoverable so people can actually find the book. Because what's possible is that you have assumed that everyone in the entire world suddenly knows about your book just because you posted on, on Amazon and you're relying on the algorithm to do all the work for you. Or you're thinking that everyone just knows how to find you on social media or they just know how to Google your book or they know what to Google in the first place or they are going to magically stumble across your website. And then you're kind of in this place where you can't figure out why people aren't buying it, it's because people don't know it exists, right? There's no product awareness around it. So that is kind of the first thing. The second thing is similar in a sense that you haven't established any product awareness around the book, meaning you haven't educated people on why they might want to buy the book. Like they may know of your book, they may have heard about it a couple of times, but they don't know specifically why it's for them. They don't know why they should be paying attention. They don't know why they might actually find it interesting to pick up. They don't know why they should go check out the sales page and read the reviews and decide if it's something that they want. They're just hearing about it and they're kind of dismissing it immediately because you're not hitting them with content that's going to resonate at a glance. You're not hitting them with stuff that's going to make them look twice and think, oh, that sounds really good. I might want to pick that up, right? So that is where you need a content strategy. That is where that becomes really important. Now, the third part kind of ties in with that too, in a sense that you're not drawing in the right ideal readers. So it's very possible that you have fallen into all these marketing tactics online where you've done these like for like swaps and these follow trains and you have gotten a ton of people out of a Facebook group to come follow your author page and none of them have actually been ideal readers. None of them have the specific reading interests that align with your book's content and themes, meaning that for example, you might have someone in your audience who is really into horror novels but wanted to follow you out of a desire to just support you, which means that they are a great networking connection, but they're not an ideal reader. They're very unlikely to actually pick up and buy your book because they don't have an actual interest in reading it. So if you have filled your audience with tons and tons of unaligned readers, and then you're trying to put out marketing content, the thing is you could be putting out the right kind of content and doing all the other things right, but because it's not the right audience in front of you, it is not converting, it is not resonating, it is not landing. So it's really important that in your content strategy, you are drawing in the right readers, that you have the right marketing messaging, that you have the right book blurb, that you have the right title and cover and other aspects of your marketing that are going to actually draw in and magnetize the right readers right off the bat and then continue to educate and nurture them to the point where they are ready to actually make a purchasing decision about it. And that is why you want to be really clear on who your ideal reader is and how to communicate to them. And you also want to have a branding process that supports that. Raise your hand if you've ever launched a book to an audience of absolute crickets, even while investing a lot of time, energy, and money into your book. Struggled to balance the writing, launching, and marketing process. Felt completely overwhelmed trying to learn and implement all of the publishing and launch steps. Felt like publishing is a lot of work for very little payoff and have considered throwing in the towel or even felt extremely limited in your time, energy, and budget, which has made it difficult to maintain rapid release momentum with your books. Instead, 
What if you could create a book launch timeline that doesn't lead to burnout and overwhelm and actually sets you up for sustainable growth and income? What if you knew exactly what publishing and marketing stats to take every single stage of your book launch? What if you could understand exactly what actions lead to book sales and uncover why your book maybe hasn't sold in the past? And you could get the lowdown on the exact marketing actions that you can be implementing to drive more sales on release day. Well, not only are my clients doing this, but for years they've been creating amazing results such as hitting their pre-order goals before their book ever even hits shelves, tripling their results from previous under 100 book sale launches, cultivating better reader relationships that are a joy to maintain and grow, going from completely unknown to landing publicity, interviews, and securing pre-orders, selling out in bookstores and having books on reserve before the next batch even arrives, leaving their jobs and creating more writing time in a single year and releasing a best-selling debut novel in just six months. The reason my clients are able to get these amazing results is because they know how to fully execute a start to finish launch strategy that works and seamlessly blends the essential publishing and marketing steps, which means there's no more second guessing or trying to integrate steps and pivoting strategies 24 seven. They have the accountability tools and support to set strategic launch goals that make sense for where they're at and hit them consistently. They know how to leverage their launches to build up momentum and hype so that their books sell like hotcakes on release date and beyond. And they know how to create a spacious launch schedule that allows for the best use of their time, energy, and budget while still maintaining momentum for new releases. And I'm 100% certain that if you join us for the five-day book launch challenge, start implementing my signature launch strategy for yourself and take this rare opportunity to be guided through your entire book launch process for free, your book launches will completely transform as well. In this challenge, I'm walking you through how to self-publish and launch your book using my signature launch process so that your book gets seen, generates hype, and cultivates more sales on release date and beyond. For a limited time, this is completely free to register for and the link is in the show notes below, but I will say that this challenge is so jam-packed and juicy that I am 100% planning on charging for this in the near future. So get your butt registered and inside now while it's still free. Now the fourth reason could be that you're brand new, this could be your first book, or maybe you are only a couple of books in and you haven't actually done this properly yet which means that you're unestablished, you're unknown, you don't have reviews, right? So that alone is a huge risk because readers are trying to decide whether to spend their hard-earned money on your book versus another author that they have read before, that they know they like, that they know they're going to enjoy, who maybe just came out with a book at the same time. So when they're trying to decide between this one author that they already have a lot of trust with, they already have experience with, and that author probably has reviews, right? When they're trying to decide between that author and you and you don't have reviews and they have never read from you before and they don't know if they're going to like it and they don't know if they're going to regret purchasing the book, it's kind of a no-brainer choice for them to go to the other author, right? It kind of is less risky for them to do that because they have trust in the sales process. If you want to create trust in your sales process and create trust to support their purchasing decision to buy your book, you need a reviewer strategy. You need a way to create social proof. And it doesn't just have to be reviews. There's other ways to create social proof that come into credibility and positioning and publicity. But that is one of the easiest ways is to just make sure you've got reviews in the first place, that they're on the Amazon page when people are trying to decide if they want to buy the book or not. Even if you just start with one or two reviews, that's better than none. I would really encourage you to put focus on doing that and make sure that you get reviews for the book. 
Now, the fifth reason could be that you did not um, put any production quality into the book. So it looks like it was thrown together haphazardly. It has zero production quality. It's got a really mediocre book cover. It looks like it was done by a two-year-old. The interior is not formatted properly. It's got heaps of typos because it hasn't been through editing. All of that appears to promise a very mediocre reading experience, which means people are not likely to pick it up because they don't think they're going to enjoy it very much. And they're probably not going to buy from you again. And so you really want to make sure that you do invest in the production quality of your book up front, even though it is an upfront expense, you have to remember that your book has a lifetime of at least 60 years, which means that it's going to be out for some time. And the more you invest in your books up front, the less work you have to do to fix things up later, which means that the book is likely to sell more over those 60 years. It's more likely to get people to become loyal readers who will then continue to buy from you over those 60 years, which means you don't have to build as much audience from scratch. You have a loyal following who is already there and committed to buying every book you put out. It's less marketing work for you. It's more guaranteed sales for you over time. So there is a really big payoff for you being willing to invest money up front into your books and do a good job from the beginning. And that's why I'm such a big advocate for making sure that you hire professional editors and cover designers because they have the skills to make sure that your book will sell over time. And then the final point I have for you, and I will say that this one is related to price, but not in a sense of the book is overpriced, which is usually why people undercharge, right? So it could be that people are just straight up skeptical that your book is actually any good because it's so heavily discounted. I can say, and I, I really believe this is because I have such solid beliefs around charging full price for your book and I pay full price for my books and I don't have any money shit around that. I really believe in the whole price your book well and pay for people's work, right? So because I have great beliefs around that, I don't see a lot of evidence in my external reality to support otherwise. Because if I had really bad beliefs around pricing, then I would be seeing a lot of evidence in my external reality to support that. I have a whole podcast episode that talks about this. I'm going to link it in the show notes if you're kind of curious about what I'm getting at here. So the reason I bring this up is because I've had at least three people come up to me when I've had this discussion with them who are not authors, who are readers, who have said to me, I do not understand why people undercharge on their books, why people underprice on the books, because I always think there's something wrong with the book. And they have literally said that to my face and said, I would rather pay full price for a book because I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be polished. I know it's going to be really well produced. And it's going to be like, it's going to be a good story because it's actually been through all the things it needs to be through. I'm trusting like that alone, that piece builds trust that I'm buying into something worth buying because it's charged like all the other books that actually sell well. Like in that sense, what I mean is like, if you're big Traditionally published authors are charging full price for their books and there's this existing expectation that those books are good and they're polished and they provide really good reading experiences. When you meet them there, when you charge your book in alignment with that and you also put the effort into making sure it's a good reading experience, there's no doubt around the fact that they're going to have a good reading experience with your book, if that makes sense. So the amount of people that have come up to me and really said and validated that they share this belief with me, I want that to be evidence for you that there are people out there who will pay full price for your books and that prefer to pay full price for books for this reason. And it is an actual legitimate reason why people may not be buying is because you are charging too low. And I want to wrap up this episode by saying something that I know I've said before, but I want to reiterate it because I think it's really important. And that is that if people have purchasing objections, that is their problem. It is not your problem in a sense that it's not your job to be the cheapest author in the room. It is your job to show up like the professional author you are 
who makes a living writing and presents your books for purchase and ensures that it's going to meet your sales goals and it's going to allow you to keep publishing and keep producing books and making sure it's a clear customer journey for readers that's actually going to lead to conversions. It is not your job to undercharge because one person says they can't afford it. It is their job to make sure they can afford it. It is their job to get a second job if they really want your book or to find another means to get the money or to start a side hustle so they can afford more books because that is not your job. And I will also say that if they really want your book and they really cannot afford it, that's why libraries exist. So it's also your job to make sure that your book is available in libraries so that they have a different way to support you and to read your books because you will still get paid to have your book in libraries. Okay. So rather than discounting your book out of fear, out of people saying, I can't afford it, out of these scarce money beliefs that you have, I would really encourage you to look for alternative solutions such as libraries that really empower you to stand your ground with your pricing and really position yourself as a full-time author who can do it for a living, that's going to get compensated well, that has a good book worth paying full price for. And so I hope this episode has been helpful. Let me know if it helped you. Um, I really felt uh, kind of motivated and fired up to talk about this topic because I'm kind of just tired of people not, um, you know, understanding that there's other way, uh, there's other reasons why people are not buying your book that have nothing to do with price. And when you default to thinking that it's all about price, well, that's that's why you're not solving the problem because that was never the problem, right? And it's really important for you to look at these other reasons why books may not be selling and really look at, is this actually something that I need to fix in my sales process? Because I can guarantee that when you go fix that thing, that's when you're actually going to start selling books. So definitely stop thinking that it's price and stop jumping to undercharge your book and start looking at the other pieces of your sales process and your marketing and your strategy and really look at, is there stuff that I can improve here? Is there stuff I can do that's actually in my power rather than blaming everyone else for thinking that your book is too expensive? So that's all I have to say today. I hope it was helpful and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Paperback Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there are three steps you can take to help it reach more fellow authors just like you. First, leave a review for your favorite streaming platform. It helps out like you wouldn't believe. Second, tag me on Instagram at pagan at paperback or use the hashtag the paperback podcast and share this episode. And third, come join us in the Facebook group, the paperback podcast community, where you'll be the first to hear about new episodes and you'll get an additional live training from me every month. I can't wait to hear from you and I'll chat to you in the next episode.